Blog Talk Radio. Show 
is is uh, fantastic. <laughs> On the walk away with winning something, man. I haven't technically won anything since becoming the SUAB president back in North Carolina A and T in my undergrad days back oh, in 1997. Yeah. Well, I mean, outside of awards right. and stuff, but I don't want to come in here and brag and nothing. But in terms of voting, man, this is a long time, man. It's been a long time, man. Well, they know so what's know going what on about prizes. Come on hey. down. Um, no, <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm nice. with it. I'm well, with it. You know, I know. Hell, I'd be with it. I don't care if it was, a, if it was a, like a coconut smile. If it's a prize, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> yo, let's talk about the 2020 NFL draft. First of all, how funny and surreal was it? To see the 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 the, the, the entire draft done virtual, you know, you had like things from um, Jerry Jones be on his fat ass yacht, and as much as I hate that the Cowboys and everything that team stands for, that's a pretty fat ass yacht in that living room on his yacht, dude. That was what Super Wealth would give you. I was thinking to myself, looking at that room, I'm like, wait a minute, what kind of panic room? Is is Jerry Jones on, and then only to discover that it's his yacht? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! And I can only imagine Dude. the type of stuff that has gone on on that yacht, based upon some of the photos I've seen with him and some porn stars. But that's a whole other conversation for wanna... another day. Oh my you God! You might want to this... burn those seats or wash those seats. Just that one. Hey, hey, hey! I'm gonna go ahead and say this. You do notice that a lot of people didn't sit on that sofa with him. They were, I understand they didn't want to be in a shot, per se, but they sure was standing away from that sofa. So they might know some things that we don't know about that sofa. You know what my dad taught me a long time ago? There's one thing, there's many things that wealth can give you. One of them is pussy. <laughs> so that's, that's what he told me a long time ago. He didn't say that word because he doesn't use profanity. But, yeah, that's dude, if you're rich like that, you can have bang, sue, whoever, wherever you want, whoever you want, whatever you want. That's stupid yeah. wealth right there. I got to give it to you for the, I got to give it up for the man. That's a fat, that was a fat-ass spot in, in that in the yacht. That's a fat spot. But from him, from, from going from ranging from that to um, – a dog sitting in the coach's place on Bill Belichick. You know, that, that dog is sitting there just looking like, whoop. <laughs> you know, like, just, like, just looking around like, what are you on me for? He's just sitting there just, just chilling, like, looking around. And then, like, uh, what's his name, Space Grable. And what the fuck was that going on in space? I mean, you got two cats <laughs> in the top and look like one other dude in the background sitting on the shitter. Now, he claimed that he was, like, sitting on the stool. <laughs> but that's, I don't think that's the rule that we're thinking of. <laughs> it is funny, first and foremost, that you bring up Bell Belichick, because I was about to do an immediate lead-in to him, because yeah. I was going to say, you, you talk about the embarrassment of rich, riches with uh, one Jerry Jones, and then don't forget about Cliff Kingsbury and his super swag oh, house. Oh, yo. Yo. Is How much are they paying him? Or coach, but yeah, my thing is, you know, or coach. <laughs> Ooh, that's a I couldn't, spot. I couldn't tell, but my thing is this: that the dollar must go far in terms of real estate in the Phoenix region, or he gets a lot of money because 
that house was palatial. But I'm just saying, think about it, right? So you have Jerry Jones that ain't won a title since 1996. You know that that trophy is old enough to be a college graduate now. Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals, an organization that has never won a Super Bowl. And then you got Bell Belichick in his grandmother's kitchen with his dog Nike (laughs) helping him out with the draft pick with the faded yellow paint in the background. I'm like, yo, who's the winner and who's not? But, you know, it is what it is, man. It says something about the different personalities with our coaching staffs and our general managers. But, oh, don't forget about when you talk about Mike Grable, don't forget about your boy who was yeah. dressed as Frozone or Freeze, your boy from the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. People. Right. <laughs> In the spandex yeah, bodysuit. I mean, like I said, what the hell? Like, Halloween <laughs> came early. <laughs> um, so, Craig, we had a sense of humor about it, so it was all good. But to me, as far as which crib or palatial situation, if you will, I preferred from that first draft night, I'm seasick. I, I would, I, I would have, I would have said Jerry Jones, but I'm seasick. I get a little seasick. So I'd have to go with Cliff Kingsbury's fat ass living room, boom boom room. Wherever you want to tell us, wherever you the hell you want to it. That was, dude, that was like, again, is he a rapper or an NFL coach? That's why I went in the Executive, that's, that's why I went in or Or a drunk kingpin cartel, kingpin. I, 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 I don't know. I can't, I can't, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. But I don't think, speaking of Arizona, because Kingsbury, I don't think Arizona has state taxes. Now, I could be wrong. But I don't think Arizona has state taxes. They don't. Which may explain the palatial estate. I could be wrong. I, I don't think – I know Texas doesn't have state taxes. Florida doesn't have state taxes. And I mm-hmm. think that Arizona doesn't have state taxes as well. But anyway, I'll fact check myself. Or well, you can fact check me through this podcast. I don't care. But I, the fact <laughs> that is, that's, that's what, what we saw on night, on, on night number one on Thursday – that's what stupid wealth can get. All that stuff. And and if you if you imagine Jerry Jones getting down on that yacht, could you imagine the type of debauchery Kingsbury has oh. at his crib? That view Man, listen. <laughs> Man, listen, somebody so I, I, I jokingly heard a comment that said that um you know, rooms like that kind of almost there's a huge suggestion to a woman. That maybe I should sleep with this dude, just maybe, just yeah. maybe. Well, but anyway, oh my god, I'm jealous. Yeah. I, 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 obviously, we both obviously chose the wrong career path. We we actually chose the wrong career path because and that's what coaching gives you. And now they're not even talking about ownership. I'm talking about coaching. What coaching very had, and that's what coaching gives you. And especially in college, when it's the I mean, hell, in the pros too, the contracts are guaranteed. Especially if you have in college, you have to cut what's called buyout. The, mm-hmm. rich, the bigger the school, the richer the school, the bigger the buyout. So imagine taking that buyout that Kingsbury has, parlaying that to an NFL job, and they you could he probably pay cash for that crib with that buyout, <laughs> all, that, all that oil money with them boosters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah. a, a down payment for that crib. <laughs> People probably don't have any mortgages. People 
probably just have to pay maybe real estate taxes on that, that bad boy. That's about it. Man, again. Oh, my God. I'm happy with, we're happy with our lives, but, damn it, we chose the wrong career path. That's all I got to say. We chose the wrong career maybe path. Maybe I should have watched anyway, football just a little be- bit more. Just a little bit more and, and somehow <laughs> finagle my way into a coaching job and done that instead. Yeah. Maybe. 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 But, damn it, I mean, we're, but here's the thing. It's a big setback. We're older. Kingsbury is younger than we are. Kings, I don't think King is Kingsbury forty years old. I don't think so. Old, I don't what was that? I don't think so. He he might be just getting forty, but I, I don't think he's. I don't know. I I know he's younger than the both of us. Right, right, right. I, yeah, I, I I don't. That's why I say I don't think he's forty. If he if he is, barely well, forty. Maybe forty he, this he, year. Actually, he's forty. He'll be forty-one come August. That's young. That's a young forty-one. That's young. Yeah. He's young forty-one. Because um, he hasn't been. He has been coaching for for so long. He's not a lifer like Nick Saban in them. So he's he's no. really just just really getting started. So uh, the point the point is is that he still look. He's still young. He can enjoy the spoils and the in the in the kinky stuff that comes along with being super rich. And having that higher platform and being one of thirty two in the NFL. So, um, yeah, that that's that that's why I'm like, yo. And you know what though? Why I want I think the NFL should do this. I know I know that everyone wants to see the first and early second rounders at whatever spot that they are during the draft. Go walk on stage, give them the commissioner a fat hug, dapping them up. It's a dream come true. I get all that. It's what you know, like the kids love the like the young men love that. The kids know it, but the young men love that. But they got to start having the draft visually, virtually, because it was too <laughs> entertaining, too much entertaining shit. And before I get to the actual draft itself, I must – this is a PSA. This is a PSA to all the girlfriends, <laughs> baby mamas, future baby mamas, gold diggers, whatever. It's his word to the wise. You might want to stay the hell off the set because you you, you might become a meme and you might become a <laughs> Just keep your hands to your side. Phones, to oh. that white woman. Uh, she looked like a white woman. A little old, like much older than the prospect from that offensive lineman a second early when that when his mama pulled her off of her son's lap. Hey, she she attempted to make a suggestion at least twice. I guarantee you it was probably a verbal suggestion, and then there was a light tap to her side. When she she didn't move, that's when she was forcefully moved. And, hey, that's what happens when you don't listen, man. Let the boy have his shine. Let him have his moment. You know, she but was, she was I, to hug them. She didn't want mama to hug him. That's that's the thing. And so, uh, and God bless her. This is. I know people want to throw race into it. I'm not. I'm not going to throw race into it. But I just say this: if you are if you are a white lady and dating <laughs> a person of a of minority descent, especially a brother, you don't want to get on mama's bad side like that. And I, that, no. that's that's my advice to a lady. I hope that they're happy. I heard that they've been together for a minute. So I hope that it's real. 
but I'm just saying for the for, for the young woman's own sake, don't fuck with mobs. Oh my god. My thing is this. So she could have been of any thing. race. She could have been white, black, yeah. uh Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Russian, Yugoslavian, okay. yeah. from Greenland. Yeah. It don't matter. <laughs> When when mama asks you to move, when a black mama asks you to move, it's gonna move your ass. <laughs> yeah. Raise up, sorry. Move that ass. Move, yeah. 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 Move, move or we're gonna move you. So but I, but it, it, hey, but 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 one more thing before we get to the draft and stuff, because the, the whole draft setup was a story in and of itself. That's that was the entertainment yeah. vibe. It's like the gift that kept on giving. They the company didn't have to do much but just sit and laugh, but the point, the, like, the is this. Is, I, I wonder what's the over and under of C.D. Lamb trading his girlfriend. His girlfriend <laughs> what's, what's, what's the over and under? Is it two weeks, two months? It's not going to be a year. It's not going to even be a season. I don't think it's going to last a season, personally, after what happened and what she tried to do on national TV. And the side eye that his mama gave her. Again, oh. You don't want to fuck with mom. <laughs> you don't want to get on mom's bad side. Again, the poor young lady. And by the way, she was with Trey Young, by the way, but that's not story but in time. But anyway, I was not anything we didn't think about her going this, but whatever. But yeah, allegedly, ladies, allegedly, ladies allegedly, allegedly. don't fuck with mom. Allegedly. Right, allegedly. allegedly. And, and see, that's the but thing, though, because, you know, and it just, it's just weird because, first and foremost, her name is Crimson Rose. That name just sounds yeah. kind of interesting, if you will. So <laughs> her name is technically two different reds, <laughs> if you will. But secondly, right. you know, she's on the, the campus of the University of o- Oklahoma, and she's just basically right. going from athlete to athlete. And, you know, yeah. um, it, 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 I'm not saying that it's, it's a pattern to... that's going to continue itself, but it's a dangerous right. path. That has already started with two first round draft picks in two different sports. I don't wanna I don't wanna mm-hmm. shame this young lady, but I'm saying. Right. Here's I'm not saying say about that. But I'm saying. I'm gonna quote the great poet Kanye West. Saying she's a gold digger. But she ain't messing with a broke. She ain't yeah. messing with we'll no, no broke undergrad. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. No, exactly. So so moving right along, it's a shame because she's such a cute young lady too. I just hope that she's doing, she's not going down that that path that we speak of. Let's just say this though. When I saw oh, her before name, we move, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say before we move yeah, on, just one say, other small aspect of the draft that kept me highly yes. entertained was the fan yeah. board that was behind the commissioner uh, for every pick. Oh, where they yeah. had the various fan bases for each team. Now, the, yeah. the the constant joke that I had was, okay, I wanted to see exactly how many fans that you could get on that board. The max was 15. If you didn't have 15 or at least 15 squares on that board, I laughed at your fan base, especially if you only would have 12 or less. You start getting the 12 or less, I'm like, you can't get more fans? To want to be on national TV during the NFL draft, okay, you're some of your fan base. But that 
uh, and also some of the people who appeared in those squares. Michael Strange, Strahan was one of those people. Then there's allegedly yep. an image of a very muscular nude man in one of those pics. The thing is, I'm not going to go back to look and find out because I don't want to question, you know, whether or not it's, it was or not, but I did see a still that claims that that was up there. But that's one of those things that the NFL, if they continue to do so, will end up uh, keeping an eye out on uh, uh, the next go-round. Wait a minute, there was a naked dude? Uh, allegedly. I'm going to see if I can find the picture and send it to you, and I think that will be the last time I look for that picture. But, yeah, it was a pic where there was <laughs> – it's, 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 it's been a meme that I've been around recently of a very muscular guy sitting there, like, on the bed completely nude that's been floating around, and someone decided to post it, allegedly, during the draft. So I have to look and see if I can oh. find it for you. Who, okay, but well, who had the least fans? Did you? I, I'm guessing Jacksonville had the least fans up there. I get the teams, but I saw a couple of teams that didn't have less than 12 but, of course, also, once the night, the night got late, you know, there were certain teams that had nine or less as well because it was like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. And you, you would expect that certain fan bases wouldn't have a lot of fans up past a particular hour. So, yeah, you would have that too. Sure. But, yeah, I, I, I didn't keep track, but when I saw it, oh, yeah, I pointed it out, especially whenever there was a, a, a team that had to fill a block with just the team logo, and then they got smart by moving those blocks behind the commissioner so you couldn't see it. Oh, that's funny. Well, I'll say this one last thing. is that if, you, if you're going to date a professional athlete, don't have the name Crimson Rose, and don't oh. have people assuming that you're no cinnamon. I'm sorry. If that's not a stripper name, I don't know what is. I, I don't know what is. I thought she was a stripper when it, her name was Crystal... Crystal, Crystal Rose, like, what the fuck kind of is? I could that's a, that's that screams stripperish to me. But it, I'm if she's not, it, it's it's a little it's close. It's relative. It it it, it, yeah. it seems like it's in relation to. So yeah, yeah, but. right. The correlation is high, but let's keep it moving because we beat this bad <laughs> horse to death. Um, <laughs> who do you think they're the best? Because we don't know if these players are going to pan out three, four years from now. This, the, the draft's the ultimate crapshoot. We, we, we all know that, right? At yeah. least we should know that. But mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a thing about acquiring what we thought was the best talent. Whether you associate with getting the greater or not, who got the best draft or not, I'm going by who acquired the best talent in terms of where they picked them up, how they did, and addressing their needs are getting the best players available, how to play in, into detail. I... I think it's close between Miami and Dallas, unfortunately. Because in mm. the case of Dallas, C.D. Lamb somehow fell all the way to pick number 17. C.D. Lamb could be argued, it could be argued, is, is the best, is arguably the best type, uh, I'm sorry, wide receiver in this draft. It's either he and Jerry Judy are 1A and 1A. One but that's just me. Uh, based on the games, based on the games I saw, slightly better. But anyway, somehow he made it down to 17, and Dallas, instead of going with the bigger knee was corner, and and the pass rusher, the edge rusher, 
they chose to strengthen their strength, which is this is great. There's nothing wrong with it. Teams, me teams done that before. Remember, in uh, in the 1990, I guess I would say 98 draft, where Randy Moss fell all the way to the Minnesota Vikings, who already had Hall of Famer uh, Chris Carter and Dick Reed. Yeah. And so when Dennis, when 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 uh, Dennis, uh, what's his last name? I forget. Rest in peace, by the way, John. Dennis, uh, Dennis, uh, yeah, Denny Green, Denny Green. When Denny Green, Denny Green yes. saw Randy fall to his lap like that, sure they had pressed the other pressing knees. But he saw a whipper like Randy Moss drop so far to his lap to go with Chris Carter and Jake Reed? What? Insane, of right? Course they had to pick. Of course they had to pick him. Jake, uh, Jake Reed, I I think I said Jake Green, but Jake Reed, Jake of course Reed, he yes had sir. to pick him. So, in this case, of course, Dallas had to pick C.D. Lamb. Of course, they had to pick C.D. Lamb. So, basically, now you have Amari, Gallup, Amari Cooper, and that Gallup kid, and Lamb. Who are you going to double? <laughs> who are you, you going to double? <laughs> I mean, seriously, who are you going to double? So, that was a great pick for the Cowgals. And then follows. It falls in the second round by picking Trevon, Trevon Diggs, who's a younger brother of Stephon Diggs, cornerback mm-hmm. for Alabama. So they addressed a need in the second round who's a damn good player. I mean, this draft was so deep, man. Especially the wide receiver position, but it was just a deep draft overall, I think. And, you know, they picked up another corner in the fourth round from Tulsa, Reggie Robinson the second. So, um, and, of course, another Oklahoma student in the third round, excuse me, and Neville Gallimore, you gotta love the catch name Neville, by the way. Neville Gallimore <laughs> is the best tackle also home. So they 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 cleaned up. They they Dallas cleaned up, unfortunately. They they did well. And I like what Miami did. You know, Miami didn't have to trade up to get their guy to attack a Viola. They they he they had to move up. Which allowed them to keep the embarrassment of riches in their draft picks. Picked up Austin Jackson, a, a, um, a tackle out of uh, USC, which is a glaring lead, as well as the first round, Robert Hunt from Louisiana. So he got two offensive linemen and picked up a third, Solomon Kinley out of Georgia in the fourth round, like an offensive guard. So he got three linemen, young, talented, very talented linemen, and the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks. And the draft, which all occurred not not beyond the fourth round. So, and, and then you, you you look what else what they did like uh, Miami and, and pick number thirty, they picked up a corner out of Auburn, uh, also a deep, deep tackle out of Alabama, and then Raekwon Davis. You gotta love Kessler Raekwon as well. I know it's gonna, <laughs> I know the parents of Kessler himself the name of that child Raekwon after the great after the great Raekwon from Wu Tang Clan. Lieutenant Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, by the way. But he's a he's a hell of a player, and so that's a hell of a pick by Miami. Miami's trending upwards in a big way. That that tour pick allows, you know, they don't have to really rush tour, but because Miami already has uh, Fitzpatrick at quarterback, yeah, so he's their mm-hmm. bridge. So what they're going to do, what they should do, and what I think they will do, Miami will do. It's it's just redshirt tour, redshirt. Unless things get really bad for the quarterback position, 
which Ryan Fitzpatrick is wants to do every now and again. It's so schizophrenic. But I, I think they'll. They, they, I think the game plan is to redshirt Tua, let him get very healthy, let, make sure his hip is completely healed, and let him get some mental reps behind Tua. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, left behind Fitzpatrick. So they're the catbirds as far as the future and everything, as far as the, the game plan, getting the quarterback ready. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I think those two teams, and, of course, Baltimore, but the Ravens always, always do well in the draft. They they, they cleaned up as well. Um, you know, I, I'll get to them in a minute, but but, but, but but who do you think had the best in terms of acquiring talent, good talent? Wow. Um, like you said earlier, draft is a crapshoot. So whenever it comes to draft time in any sport, you know, questioning me about what I think about drafts is very boring because I do always go back to the fact of you do have to wait for these players to have some time within a particular system in which they were drafted drafted in to find out whether or not they're going to pan out with that particular team or no. But based upon what we know already of these guys, the two teams that you brought up were two teams that were of heavy interest to me based upon what they did um, with Miami and, and, and uh, Dallas. But one of the things I wanted to point out was one of the things that you kind of missed and a lot of people didn't pay attention to, including myself, until I heard another analyst say this. One of the teams that was kind of in a similar boat with Dallas that picked ahead of Dallas kind of dropped the ball to, that led to Dallas having such a great draft, and that was the Atlanta Falcons. You know, you have the team like the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, they have a talented QB, and, and Matt Ryan, say what you will about his downfall ever since they they, they um, lost in the Super Bowl to the uh, the New England Patriots. They will also add to the fact – oh, yeah, you know, but, but I also add to the fact that that offense hasn't been right since they lost Kyle Shanahan. But once again, another conversation right. for another day. I thought that right. they, along with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, could have and should have – taking C.D. Lamb to add to their offense, to add another threat to that, because what happens when you right. add a third receiver, there is no way in the world, or I doubt very seriously, that any team has a third DB that's going to be capable of covering C.D. Lamb at this moment. Oh, no. Hell no. Hell no. He's physical. He's fast. After the catch, no fucking way. I agree with that. No fucking way. And so that's why Dallas then, is spirit in the in the book. Exactly, and you, and you follow yeah. that up with, you know, you, you match them up with what they have currently in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins and, and uh, 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 Larry Fitzgerald, that would have been monstrous. Right. Also, in Arizona, not Arizona, I'm sorry, Atlanta, you go ahead and combine uh, 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 Julio Jones with C.D. Lamb, that's another situation yeah. that you're going to have uh, issues with in terms of covering. But why did they draft AJ Terrell? I mean, why did they draft AJ Terrell? I mean, did they did they not watch the national championship game? Did they not watch the young man get torched time and time and time again by LSU receivers? I, mean, I always remember watching them with one of my own boys, for two of them, and uh, we were like, when 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 LSU fell behind, because by like ten points, and I'm yeah. like. They gotta keep throwing the ball because Clemson's corners can't cover. They they're wide out. They can't cover. That one was the best. They couldn't cover them. They could not cover LSU's receivers. Once once the coaching staff figured that out, 
they turned around for him. But to watch Terrell, Terrell was supposed to be was the best was Clemson's best cornerback. He got constantly used by like Sharman time and time and time again. So I don't understand why. And again, I'm not down to young man. I hope the young man does well. But why draft him that early? Why draft him that early? He's he's the sixth best. He's been having the sixth best corner. The sixth best. Yeah. And I think it's one of the first corners off the board. That just that that bothers my mind right there. I I I don't get it. I really. Yeah, and that's it. my thing. They could have gone ahead and drafted Lamb at that spot, right? And then the Cowboys showed right. that they could have gotten a another comparable corner in uh, Trayvon Diggs in the second round. So, technically, the, the thing that we're praising the Dallas Cowboys for is the thing that we potentially would have been praising the Atlanta Falcons for with those two same picks. And, and they were there to be had for the Falcons, but they chose to go into another direction. But I digress. Um, so, like you said, you, you talked about the, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins made a whole lot of moves, not just within the draft, but also during the offseason to go ahead and attempt to bring in a bunch of players that would potentially play for uh, uh, for right. And if that actually works out, especially within, with a weakened uh, 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 um, New England Patriots squad now with Tom Brady being gone along with uh, Rob Gronkowski, there's a high possibility that the Miami Dolphins will now become the team that will completely come in and compete with the uh, the Buffalo Bills as the eventual new team to run that division. But it's the thing is the Dolphins don't necessarily have to do it this year. If they do do it this year, that'll be great. But they don't have to. They can go ahead and just play the season out, figure out who works well with whom within the system, and then they can go ahead and look forward to 2021 when Tua, of course, will potentially potentially be the, the, the heir to the starting quarterback position for them. But another team, like you said, that I like their draft because that organization just seems to draft well as well is the, um, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they didn't necessarily yeah. need a running back and, and J.K. Yeah. Rollins, but why not? Yeah. It's a play yeah. behind Mark Ingram. Why not? Yeah. Duh. A, a, a team that runs the ball well, and all you're doing is just adding another guy that can run the ball well? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I'm yeah, so I like their drafts. That's a great pick, by the oh. way, but I'm mad at that pick. But I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm well, of course you're mad at that pick because that's a guy that you're going to have to see twice in that division. So, yeah, you know, yes. it is what it is. But one of the things, one of the picks that I actually – um, questioned at the time that now after reading what the owner had to say about the pick, I'm like, okay, that's, that's what their team philosophy is. I can't disagree with the pick. And that is of one Jalen Hurd going to the Philadelphia Eagles, taking him in the second Explain round. I want you to explain to me because I was baffled by that. Why, why if he already had Carson Wentz, I know he's fragile, but he's a damn good, he's a damn good quarterback that man this franchise quarterback. Why draft a backup that damn high? Because normally you draft a guy that high to take to the same position as you, you're going to try to get him on the field as soon as possible. So please explain to me why did this, this was not a wasted pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, according to Jeffrey Lurie, he says that, you know, they value, value as an organization the quarterback position a whole lot. 
And, you know, of course, this is an organization that won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback not too long ago. And they covered that position so, so much that Lori says that if they could potentially do so, they would go ahead and attempt to have the two best QBs or the two or at least two top ten QBs on their their roster at any time. I mean, if you think about it, look back into their recent history when they had Donovan McNam and Mike Vick, when they had Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and um, what's your boy's name that's now in Jacksonville? Well, he was in Jacksonville. Um, uh, Nick Foles. He's Nick Foles. That's now. right. He's, he's in Chicago now. So yeah, when you had Nick Foles and and, and Carson Wentz, and so now you have Wentz. And Jalen and her Jalen Hurd. So not only do you have a capable quarterback there to, to potentially back up Wentz if if an injury happens, Wentz's contract comes up at the end of twenty twenty well, I'm sorry, his option year comes up at twenty twenty one. So that gives you a situation where if Wentz isn't hundred percent for the next two years, you have a potential backup there and you have the ability to say bye bye to Wentz if need be, if it pans out. Her to potentially be a, be trade bait for someone because we all know that QB is a very uh, important position in this league. The thing is, though, the 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 the, the QBs it, it has to be a favorable position, a favorable time in order for that to happen. It has to be a, a, a situation where that becomes a a, a a position of need, and we do have a lot of young QBs currently in the league right now. And we also have a bunch right. of 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 a, a huge crop of experienced veteran QBs that have pretty good resumes behind them that can potentially end up being free agents within the next year or two. So that's something that they're going to have to battle against if Hurd becomes trade bait. But listening to uh, to Lori or reading the article from uh, that that Lori quoted, well, that Lori is, is stating in. Yeah, I, I see why they decided to go in that direction, even though I was scratching my head about it. But he seems comfortable, so I'm yeah. comfortable too, unless it explodes in their face. And God knows, I don't mind watching teams inside the NFC East and, and, and experiments go wrong uh, 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 in their organization. I don't mind it at all. I'm just afraid that it, yeah. it will I mean, go right and it will benefit them. All right, I'm going to go back to J.K. Dobbins in a minute. I know I teased him earlier, but. You know, the Bengals, of course, they had each figure they had to pick Joe Burrow, right? So mm-hmm. they, the Bengals have a lot of needs, a whole lot of needs. And I know they suffered a lot of injuries last season. Which yes. led to the offense scoring they get 21 points only four times, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, I, I don't think that's a pick that the Bengals should be the happiest about. Granted, they got the preview of the future. Even he's he's a home coach, he's an Ohio kid. I get all that, but I love the T. Higgins pick in the second round. That's mm. a first round talent, and T. Higgins was that dude for Clemson. I watched a lot of ACC, as you know, they fly ACC and SEC and Big Twelve football. Clemson, I mean, T. Higgins is that dude. He is that dude, and that's he's going to do some wonders in Cincinnati. Go with AJ Green on the franchise tag. And, and Tyler Boyd, who I think is a very underrated player, put him in that, put Higgins in that room. Again, that's the three wideouts, the three exactly. wideouts. Who are you going to double? Yes. Who are you going to double? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to double? So, I, I love that pick more than I like the 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 uh, the um, 
the Burrow because you figured since they had to draft Burrow, if they didn't draft Burrow with the quarterback with the first pick, they'd just be they'd be stuck on stupid. So they had to do that. But I really loved what they did in the second round with picking up T. Higgins. That was like when I, when I saw that they made that pick on Friday, I was like, what? You know, because I forgot <laughs> that he was for the board. So that's a damn good pick for the Bengals, and that gives them me as far as a weapon for uh, Burrow or even uh, uh, what's his name, Andy Dalton. They choose to keep him around and bring Dalton. I mean, bring uh, Burrow along slowly, but. I really, that's that's one of my favorite picks of the whole draft, to be honest with you. That that, that T Higgins pick. Right behind C D Lamb going to Dallas at number seven, falling to Dallas at number seventeen. A completely uh, well, I'm not necessarily saying that he was my favorite pick, but I do like that pick in that situation if that all pans yeah. out, especially with, with T J Boyd and AJ Green if, if if Green can stay healthy. Um like right. you said or like you were alluding to, I'll allow you to talk about J. K. Dobbins. But the pickup of, of Patrick Queen by the uh, the Baltimore Ravens at 28, that was a linebacker I actually saw going a little bit higher than that. But you add that, you uh-huh. add Queen into that talented defense. Yeah. Huh. Oh. Yeah. That was, a, that was a great pick, too. That was a great pick. That, Baltimore knows it, how to draft. They just know how to draft. Ravens know how to draft. They do. They're just damn good at it. But it, 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 it helps out when you're a 14 and, uh, organization that goes 14 and 2 the year prior. And, and you're right. looking to make your 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 roster that much better, and 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 they did so. I'm like I, I was thinking to my, myself that night, or actually leading up to that night, what does Baltimore need to do in order to get better? And I knew that they had some holes on the defensive side of the ball. The question was, who would they be able to fill those holes with? And when Patrick Queen fell to them, I thought that that was intriguing. And then, like I said before, by added, adding Dobbins as well also bolsters that, that, that offense a little bit more, and it gives us a situation – well, it gives them another option to kind of loosen up that defense a little bit more to have them focus on the run so that Lamar Jackson right. can throw the ball a little bit more as well. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Ravens' picks. Most of them, like, were either linebackers or in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You had They drafted two offensive linemen. In the middle mm-hmm. of the draft, in the middle round, so the third and, and, the, and the only fourth round pick, they both got the offensive attack, offensive guard, respectively. They they drafted in addition to Queen, they drafted another uh, inside linebacker from the Ohio State University, Malik Harris, who's an underrated player. They drafted two defensive tackles, um, a kid for the A&M in, in the third round, and another kid brought up Washington from Texas Tech in the fifth round. So they, they saw Tennessee gash them on the ground. That's what let them down in the playoff game against Tennessee. I mean, they allowed Derrick Henry just to run wild, run wild, and and um, and, and, and what's his name, uh, uh, um, the quarterback, all game. So Tannehill. So they they mm-hmm. had to get better on the defensive end up the middle because they let them down. They let that team down in the playoffs. But as far as J.K. Dobbins is talking about the Ravens. Being an embarrassment of, of riches for the Raiders as far as the running back uh, position, I was so mad because my Steelers had to pick a few picks before Baltimore, and you figure <laughs> they're going to they're going to address the what the running back position because as much as I like James Conner, dude is fragile. He's he's, yes. he's paperweight. He's porcelain. 
He can't stay healthy. God bless him. I know he tries hard. He works his ass off. But dude can't can't stay healthy if he paid him to. We chose to draft the dude from Notre Dame, Chase Claypool, who's a hell of a player. He's not a scrub. I've seen him play at Notre Dame. I've seen him play last year. 6 4 235, runs a 4 Probably end up going to play, play tight end or at least be in the – or at least be a deep threat, if not tiny. He has the size of a tight end, but speed of a wideout. So the comparisons was made to Calvin Johnson. I, you know, I'm, I got to see it on the field first, on the pole of the first. But he was that dude at Notre Dame. Notre Dame played some pretty damn good competition over his career, collegiate uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, career. So I don't really blame them there. I just wish that we would have put the running back. And the two I had on my mind were J.K. Dobbins, and Cam Akers out of Florida State. I was uh, like, yeah. rather one of those two would have been great because, again, who's behind Connor? Nell, uh, some dude from NC State <laughs> um, who's been iffy. As far, I mean, just a, a special team guy, nothing wrong with being a source, and some other dude whose first name I can't pronounce. So I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm still iffy. I mean, what if Big Ben gets hurt again? He got Maga uh, Maga Rudolph uh, trying back in the field, picking up the joint, followed by a dude named Duck. I mean, which leads me to this: Where was the quarterback? I was hoping. I didn't think that we'd get him that high. You'd go that high, but I was hoping for someone like a Jalen Hurts, maybe in the third round. Or I really like the kid out of. Out of, out of Virginia, I can't, his name escapes me, but he played so well last season, and he played well in the bowl game against Florida. So, but I thought that they would be a good, good replacement, or at least maybe they're going to get, maybe are going to sign a free agent quarterback. I don't know. Back up then. But the well, future, I, the Steelers, future Steelers quarterback is now on our roster. He's now on our roster. So I just think that we made a big I'm currently looking at the Steelers' death chart now, and it says yeah. right now, of course, Mason Rudolph is backing up Big Ben. And then, of course, Duck Hodges, the infamous Paxton Lynch is now there, and JT Barrett oh, God. is also on the roster. So that's interesting. Yeah. But the one, yeah. there were two running backs that you forgot. You talk about James Conner, and they currently have Jalen Samuels behind Conner. But Benny Snell, Snell Jr., I forgot about Benny Snell Jr. being there. And then, of course, for some odd reason, and one of my buddies pointed this out, who's a, a, a Maryland alum, uh, Pittsburgh has a, a love affair with, with um, the University of, of Maryland for some reason. I don't know why, but they also picked up one, Anthony McFarland Jr. To, uh, at the running back yeah, spot. He's fast. I yeah, he's fast. Yeah, and, and you, 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 you sound the same way I sound about him uh, uh, too, right? Because – the games that I saw him yeah. explode in were games against middle-of-the-road uh, uh, Big Ten teams and Howard. Howard was Howard. You saw what they what happened to right. them this past season. And then you got the likes of whoever's in the middle of the, the, the Big Ten and, and south of that. But, once again, yeah. he's capable of playing well. The thing is, how would that translate into the NFL? So it'll be interesting to see what happens 
with uh, with both that QB and that running back spot for the Steelers in the near future? I'm not. I'm, you know what? This is what's going to happen. I'm, again, this is not Steelers, Steelers radio, I promise y'all, but <laughs> Steelers are my team. I'm going to say something about them. We're, I think we're going to waste this coming season if we have a season. I think that we're going to waste a prime defense in the last couple of years of a soon-to-be Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback. I think we're going to waste a year next season. I don't think we did well enough outside of the, outside of, outside of the Claypool the uh, Claypool pick, which allows Juju Smith to go like where he where he belongs, now number one. Um, I I just think that we're gonna waste Big Ben whatever years Big Ben has left, because something tells me I think Ben is thirty eight, or will be thirty eight years old coming off of elbow surgery. I think mm-hmm. this might be his last year in Pittsburgh. I think this might be his last year in the NFL, and this is shades of Terry Bradshaw who who all over again because who also ended his career over a bum elbow in nineteen eighty in the nineteen eighty two eighty three season. So again, I heard that I read somewhere on the Atlantic that people considered Mason Rudolph in the in the front office to be the heir apparent. I'm like mm. the answer what the hell is the question? <laughs> I mean what the hell is the question in the first place? I mean seriously. Um so I think this we might make the playoffs only because of the expanded playoff field, but I think that this they're going to waste a year with Ben's last year, which I think will be his last year in the league, and a prime defense, a prime time defense. I think going to waste another year of that. But that's it is what it is. But whatever. I mean, it's like it's well enough to see Baltimore keep loading up and keep drafting well. But Cleveland, if they ever get their shit together, they got the talent. They had another decent draft. I mean, they drafted mostly offensive linemen. And, you know, they, they still get another year of Odell and Jarvis. They still got uh, uh, um, uh, Nick Chubb, who, if they figure out that he's their best offensive player, to go through Nick Chubb. But if they, if Mason, and I'm calling Mason Rudolph, if Baker Mayfield doesn't take another step back and the coaches actually know what the hell they're doing for a change, Cleveland's mm-hmm. scary on paper. They are yeah. scary on paper. Very scary on paper. So if they ever get their life that together, Pittsburgh has to, is potentially looking up at two teams. And you know, again, we didn't get, I didn't think we got better in the draft at all. Outside of the Claypool pit. I don't think we got better at all. And meanwhile, you got Cleveland stacking the cupboard. You got Baltimore really stacking the second the, uh, the cupboard. And who knows what happens? What happened here in Cincinnati? But we might be the third best team in our division. And again, if, if the Cleveland if Cleveland gets the act together, don't know. But I'm looking at Washington. Washington's pick. Of course, y'all had to pick who y'all picked. So you just y'all didn't screw that up. At least Chase Young. But I gotta ask this question. Uh huh. I don't know. Why do cats like to wear sunglasses indoors? Why was Chase Young wearing sunglasses? And indoors? Other, other than to hide the fact that he was high or crying, I can't think of another reason <laughs> why he would be wearing sunglasses indoors. I, I, I really can't. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I, I question it too. Uh, uh, he doesn't come off as this guy that's too cool for everything that he had to do that. But yeah, it could be a situation, man, where he was just attempting to hide his eyes from from um, from from allergies or or as I like to call it. But yeah, him tearing up. But um, yeah, the Kings yeah. had a very interesting draft. Um, they ended up drafting a lot of guys that could play multiple positions. And they did the same thing with in right. terms of their free agency, picking up a, a bunch of guys that are, that are very flexible. Whereas in years past, not just this organization, but the league as a whole would have upon guys that can't just focus on one position, period. And these guys that are hybrid guys, and that's all they did was just pick up a bunch of hybrid guys. Um, Sadiq Charles is a guy who has some off the field issues, but he can play both uh, tackle and guard. Antonio Gibson, who's listed as a wide receiver, but when he was drafted, they called him out as being a running back. Um, Antonio Gandy-Golden is a guy who I heard they may end up attempting to move at tight end. I won't believe that until I see it. Uh, 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 And who else? Um, Kalike uh, Hudson out of Michigan is a guy that that can play both linebacker and uh, safety, so he's one of those um, potentially a uh, 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 honey badger hybrids that can play both of those positions sure. as well. So it's, sure. it's going to be very interesting right. to see if these guys actually pan out because this is an organization that has a lot of holes. Uh, and, and, and if you're capable of filling one or playing one well, then you have a spot on this team. And it's great that you can go ahead and attempt to play multiple positions to see which one is a better fit for you. So, you know, uh, uh, Riverboat Ron, he has time, at least a year or two, to, to, to figure out what he has and then moving forward with the guys that he had and that he ends up um, settling on. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, and well, bring this close, this portion of the draft segment before we move into our next draft segment. Um, <clears throat> the trick that surprised me that I didn't expect to happen. Jordan Love to Green Bay in the first round. We all know what happens when a team drafts a quarterback in the first round. They're expecting to play almost right away, if not soon. Now, I know that mm-hmm. they say that Love is like the uh, project quarterback. It may take a couple years. But, yo, this I didn't think that Aaron Rodgers' num- days would be numbered so early. I know that he had a hard time with the coaching staff this past season. I guess the young coach is like putting his foot down, stand up to Aaron Rodgers, actually trying to coach him. You know, the Aaron Rodgers, they say that he's very passive aggressive and aloof and all that stuff. I think this is the way the Green Bay, the Packers draft stand out. I mean, aside from drafting love, they had to trade up to get him. So they mm-hmm. traded up to get, to get this kid who's 6'4, 224. I didn't really watch a lot of him in college. Maybe because he went to Utah State, and I don't really – outside of Boise State, I don't care too much about the, the, the Mountain West, but whatever, that's, that's my – that's just my not, – not, not my cup of tea. But to see them draft – the Packers draft A.J. Dillard, Boston College, in the second round, was like – if you watch any Boston College last year, that dude is like Brandon Jacobs, a younger version of Brandon Jacobs. He's a sledgehammer. He's a, he eats a lot of carrots. And so they see them draft that that guy and don't really draft another weapon in terms of like like wide receiver. 
you know, maybe – and they didn't address the, out, the, the offensive line until later in the draft after in the sixth round and, and beyond. Well, the entire sixth round, they had three picks in the sixth round. They drafted an offensive guard, a center, an offensive tackle. Um, that, that's a, if, if that's not a sign that says the coaching staff really wants you, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, you the fuck out of town, I don't know what is. And to see them come off of a, this happen off of a three a thirteen and three season, not a three and thirteen season, but a thirteen and three season, to, for this to still happen, that had me scratch not only scratching my head, but that made me just say, "Wow, they really want Aaron Rodgers the hell out of town." They they really do. Yeah. So what's your take on that? I thought very particular. That felt very interesting. Well, it's it's something that, you know, if you were paying attention, it's something that we've kind of seen before, especially within this organization, um, uh, about what um, they do with their QBs. Now, what I'm attempting to do is figure out exactly when Mike McCarthy was hired by the, uh, 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 the Green Bay Packers because that will answer my questions. Of course, now you don't want to bring that up. Oh, there we go. All right, so McCarthy came into the league and was the head coach before the Packers. And, hmm, oddly enough, in, in 06, but I, actually that is the year afterwards. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, they, they ended up drafting uh, – uh, um, what's your boy's name? Aaron Rodgers as, as the eventual um, successor to – to 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 Brett Favre and of course McCarthy had some issues with, with Favre before they ended up eventually getting him out of there. And oddly enough, Matt Lafleur comes in and, and and he's dealing with issues with one Aaron Rodgers. And I guess you must figure it out that eh, the writing's on the wall, and we're going to go ahead and try to bring in a, uh, a Matt Lafleur guy for him. You know, regardless of how well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has played throughout his entire career. There's some that believe that last year he actually uh, started to have a little bit of a slip. But, you know, you, you, you go ahead, you, you have a, a coach that's not in love with his QB and a QB that's not in love with the coach. And it's, it's a, a situation that's doomed for divorce um, in the near future. So they went ahead and decided that, hey, we got an opportunity. Let's go get our guy for our coach. In order for that, whether or not it pans out or not, it's going to be on the um, the Green Bay Packers, and it could be a situation where it doesn't work because <laughs> you know it's going to be very difficult to replace, in my opinion, a guy that is a first ballot Hall of Famer in, in Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I just thought it was weird that their first two draft picks were positions in which they had the, the best, where they had to play from the best two players in the, at those same positions, where the quarterback and the running back, both were the best two players on the Packers last season, but yet your first two picks are quarterback and running back in succession. I thought those were head scratches, but it is what it is, man. I, I just guess they, you know, Matt Football wants his guys in there. So it's going to be what it's going to be. And in 2021 for the Packers is also going to be a very interesting season for them too because it could be one of change for them. Right. I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna just close the NFL draft segment with this. Being that you're a big HBCU guy, I like mm-hmm. HBCU sports. 
who were the the ones that the HBCU cats, your men for HBCUs, who went early as far as the draft, like maybe second, third round, maybe first round, whoever. And just give us a rundown of who who got drafted early by these teams and who you think will be the biggest, quickest to, um, quickest to contribute to said teams. Ooh, it, it'll be interesting. Um, <clears throat> actually, I, I wrote an article about this um, on the yard.com, the yardhbcu.com, uh, about the lack okay. of representation within this past uh, NFL draft. Now, it, it seems as though okay. that um, <laughs> a lot of the scouts and a lot of the GMs were kind of trying to direct the narrative by stating that because of the pandemic, you know, that, that ended up cutting the HBCU combine that the NFL was going to do and also um, subsequently canceling a lot of the pro days that they wouldn't have their usual amount of time to review, interview players in person the way that they would normally right. do, right? Which would translate right. into them not drafting guys from small programs. With that said, that is exactly what happened. Um, there were only seven guys, seven total, about of 255 picks that were drafted yep. in the ranks of FCS or lower. So all the other okay. 248 selections were all from the FBS ranks, which hasn't been seen in a very long time. As a matter of fact, over a 10-year span, the NFL usually ends up taking somewhere between 24 to 26 guys from the non-Division One ranks, right? This year it was only yep. seven. Seven guys from well over, for almost 600 programs is insane to me. And only one guy from the HBCU was drafted. That is one, Lachavius Simmons from Tennessee State. And that's not even the guy that a lot of people thought would be drafted. The one guy who a lot of people were talking about leading up to the draft was one Alex Brown from uh, from 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 uh, South Carolina State, who actually signed with the Browns um, this past uh, 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 this, during this uh, undrafted rookie free agency period. Um, so it was just real weird to see Smith go, but I'm happy for him. Um, with that said, um, uh, this whole trusting the, the, the process of, of interviewing and seeing guys in person is going to have to be updated, and, and I'm hoping it's something that happens. But to say who's going to be a guy that to impact their roster, um, the soonest I'm still reviewing to see where guys will end up going. Um, case in point, um, uh, the the, the Chris Rowland, talented wide receiver out of Tennessee State, actually was named the Black College Football Player of the Year this past season, actually led the nation mm-hmm. in, in total yards from scrimmage uh, on the FCS level. And, 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 I, and I just felt as though that he could have been drafted. But if, if you go read my article, I, I, I stated that it was actually better for a lot of guys not to be drafted than to be drafted in the later rounds in, in, in terms of the sixth and seventh round for uh, for various reasons. Number one, you have the ability to choose your destination, especially if multiple teams are interested in you. 
You get to choose. The team don't choose you. So you get to go to an organization that you believe is a better fit for you. Secondly, you have the ability to opt out of your contract quicker. Contracts, if you're drafted, are four years with the option after the third. If you're undrafted, it's a three-year contract with the option to opt out after the second. So if you ball out early, like a couple of these rookies have uh, 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 in recent years, you have the ability to renegotiate your contract or, or, or sit out and opt to go elsewhere or ask to be traded after your second season. So you have a little bit more flexibility. But, yeah, I was a little disappointed that only one HBCU guy and only seven non-big school guys were drafted, especially when you had several programs like Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, and and, and um, who else am I thinking of? Um, but, yeah, there were at least five or six uh, Power Five uh, teams that had more guys drafted from their program than they did from the non-Division One programs as a whole. Mm. Which just shows me mm. that these these scouts and these GMs were very lazy and just decided to go with things that they quote-unquote trust and what they saw on a regular basis. They just need to go ahead and just pay a little bit more attention to these smaller programs throughout the entire year instead of just relying on doing your research on them post-January. Well said, brother. Well, well fucking said. On that note, let's move to transition to the Draymond Green, Charles Barkley spat. I'm not even call it beef. I call it spat. Well, basically, <laughs> you know, you had, I don't know if you paid attention to uh, all the smoke podcast on Showtime Basketball. It's on YouTube, uh, uh, I Instagram, Twitter, do. I, I, I do, and I'm a fan of it. I just <laughs> had to watch it recently, and I need to catch up. Thank you for reminding me. You should. Yeah, you're welcome. You should. You should because it is awesome. It is great. I mean, it's good to see Matt Barnes and um and and uh, uh, uh Stephen Jackson. Damn it, Stephen Jackson. Yes, that. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's good to see them doing well post NBA career, and mm-hmm. it's it's um, it, 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 it really it's really um it's really good to see that because it allows athletes. Or and celebrities too to be be real, to to be to be real and authentic. And so mm-hmm. to see the likes of Kevin Durant, guests like Kevin Durant, uh, uh, um, who else? Uh, Draymond Green, um, uh, oh, you know, have uh, you Shannon Sharp. Yeah, I, that was my favorite one. That's one of last, my favorite that was, ones that, as well. That was, last interview. that was yeah. the last interview that he did with, yeah. with those guys, which is. Which was very eerie in and of itself. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, just to see them really get real and honest and raw. Jamel Hill was on there. Stephen A. Mm. was on there. To get yeah, real I saw Stephen him. A. as well. Yeah. You know, which was another interesting podcast. Um, it, mm-hmm. it was great to see that. And one of my favorite ones, if they have them in the studio after the pandemic's over, would be like Deion Sanders and Pac Man Jones, who I found very compelling. So, wow. again, if y'all, to those of you out there who haven't seen All the Smoke uh, with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, please check it out. You'd be glad you did. Trust me on that. And you can subscribe to the YouTube channel where they have it all on there as well. But in any way, Draymond was on one of the last ones. He is, they asked him about 
the feud he had with Barkley, he basically said that he claimed that he could do Barkley's job better than him. <laughs> he criticized Barkley for going to win a championship. I mean, to me, it's just hilarious. It's personal, but it's funny as hell at the same time. But mm-hmm. Green most recently also said on this podcast that he was jealous. Barkley was jealous of his success. So Barkley came on the, uh, once again, social media is the greatest. He came on Coach Cal's. Coach uh, uh, um, um, uh, Calipari's uh, podcast and has some choice words to say. Here's this quote. <laughs> he's the worst member of the boy band who doesn't realize he's standing next to Timberlake. I guess Timberlake being <laughs> Steph Curry. And this is the one that really made me laugh out loud. This quote coming up, this sentence here. When the girls are throwing panties at his head, he's going to get hit by some drive-by panties but they're really meant for Timberlake. And a freaking <laughs> quote. That is awesome. That I think is uh, petty. I think is is is, is 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 juvenile. But that's probably the most one of the most awesome clapback quotes I ever read. That's that 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 clapback quote for the ages. But look, look. I think both guys are great. I think Barkley's one of the greatest power forwards ever. At six foot freaking four. Playing a yeah. five, I know they look some six five six six, but the dude is six four, and for him to play the power four position and be dominant as he was for his size, nothing short was that short of amazing. Yeah, I know he didn't win a championship, but he won an MVP playing for the Phoenix Suns. He played the he took the Bulls to six games. You know, played against you know, Michael Jordan's Bulls, took them six games where they end up. Of course, the Bulls are going to win that championship. And, you know, he's one of the 50 greatest players of all time. And Dirk Draymond is no spot either. Sure, he was like the third wheel before Kevin Durant and Rip Durant. He was the fourth. But he's one of those guys where you take him out, Golden State does not win those championships without him or even come close without him. I mean, let's think back to the second that second run together after they won the championship when they lost the three one lead to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Draymond, of course, we all know what happened, right? Like, like we all remember what happened. He he got he 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 he, he did some hanky panky with, with LeBron, calling the B word, <laughs> um, hit them in the groin in the process. He got his ass suspended for game uh, five, which. Cleveland ended up winning. They got on the roll since then, game six, then game seven. And, of course, before Kyrie hit that shot to win it in game seven, keep in mind that Draymond Green, for those of you who don't remember, Draymond balled out that game. Had 15 rebounds and nine assists. Yeah. So if, 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 Steph, if Steph Curry did what he was supposed to do, instead of going one for six from three, one for six for three-point range and just – so totally just played crappy at the worst possible time, Draymond probably would have been the series MVP. Yeah. He had that good of a series. And yeah. And he, he almost single-handedly won that game seven for Golden State. Not himself. Cleveland didn't have an answer for him. They, he they didn't, didn't have an answer for him. Yeah. And so, and so look, and so and, and I liken it to also this. Of course, okay, we all know that the Beatles, you go to see the Beatles, you go to see, you go to see uh, Paul McCartney, 
on the guitar, John Lennon on the keyboard. <laughs> I argue that without, I, I argue that with, the Beatles wouldn't be the Beatles without Ringo Starr. Yeah. Ringo Starr wasn't the big name, but they, the Beatles couldn't have been the Beatles without him. Remember, they, they, the Beatles, they, Ringo Starr was not the original drummer. There was some other dude. So when Ringo came in, that's when the band started to take off because he was that guy, Ringo Starr. I mean, how can you not, how can you not overlook a dude named Ringo Starr? Okay. <laughs> so, but again, he wasn't the most talented. That would be, of course, Paul McCartney and John Lennon. But the Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles without Ringo Starr. Just like, um, you know, uh, uh, New Edition. Yeah, John, yeah, people came to see Johnny Gill, Ralph Tresvant, and even Bobby Brown. But without Michael Bivens, <laughs> without Ricky Bell, you wouldn't have New Edition. Same no, thing with, with Draymond. Same thing with Draymond. Sure, you have Steph Curry. You had uh, you had Clay Thompson. And then later you acquired Kevin Durant. But without Draymond Green, they ain't winning no championships, especially the first. They would not be winning championships. So Green is important. And, and to Green's credit, he knows he he knows he's not that he knows he's not the best player. Even he knows that. And to his his words on the on the small on the small podcast, he doesn't give a fuck. He just he knows <laughs> that he is an integral part. He said it himself, seriously. But he 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 knows he's the integral part of that team, and, you know, good for him. He's, he's, he's self-aware. He has self-awareness. Good for him. But I just think that both of these guys, as hilarious as his beef is, they just need to tone it down. Barkley was great. He just he doesn't need to be jealous. I'm sure he's not jealous of Draymond. And Draymond needs to just let it go, too. Draymond, you got your reason. People already know that you are the heartbeat of, of, of the Warriors. They know that you are the leader. So just, just let it go. Just let it, just let it go. And plus, he's super rich anyway. Just, 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 just let it go. I don't know. I look at it as, as a little bit differently. Um, you know, it, it, Draymond could be right by saying that he potentially could be a better analyst than, than Charles. I don't think he's a better character than Charles, but he might be a better analyst. Right. So that's not hard to do because that's not what I mean, Charles. Yes, of course, he gives his insight because he is a multiple multiple time. Uh, uh, MVP. He is a, uh, an all-star. He is a league MVP, Olympic champion. So yeah, he 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 has, and he's also one of the best, one of the 50 best players of all time. So he has clout behind his name. But in terms of Draymond's um, play, you say he's the heartbeat of the uh, the, the Golden State Warriors. I'll go ahead and say that he's the liver. Other Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's great to have them, but niggas, you got two. You can do without them. You, you can always get another one in there to replace them. I mean, look at them over the past two years. Now, mind you, oddly enough, the year that they. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at the liver thing. That was freestyle. Um, that was that was going. That was coming. That was what he was going The year when she had that great NBA Finals game. Oddly yeah. enough, that was his best NBA season ever 
where he was pretty close to averaging a triple-double in the regular season and actually took his average up during the playoffs that year, going from 14 points to 15, so almost 16 points a game. His numbers have subsequently dropped over the past four, over the next four seasons, and oddly enough, he's averaged about seven and a half, six and six for the past two seasons. Dog, it ain't you. Yeah. yeah. Especially right. those. Yeah, I, I excuse me. Those are the two years sorry. without KD. So, it, 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 part of that responsibility is falling back on you. Matter of fact. This past year, there's no KD, there's no Clay, and there ain't no staff. So, yes, a, a lot of the responsibility can fall on you, and it shows that you couldn't take the weight. So, yes, you got a ring, but it's because you played with three of the best players in the league uh, of this era. So, yeah, you won the title, and, yes, you, you, you were important, but at best, man, you were Dennis Rodman, man, at best. You know I mean? and, and, and that's not taking away from Rodman because Rodman is one of the best. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on Rodman. That's not a, a, a thing on Rodman because Rodman is one of the best defenders oh, no, I'm not, and, not and rebounders of all time in the history of the league. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But at, at best, Draymond, that's what you can aspire to. Stick to that, and, and you don't hear Dennis Rodman coming at Barkley. So let it be, man. But it is what it is. Man, have have your fun talking smack. It is what it is. Yes, you might be able to get them on the commentary, but your basketball career and the fact that you got a ring ain't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't brag on that too tough because it just happened to be that Charles was playing on the wrong team. He attempted to amend that by going to uh, to Houston after, in my eyes, the rest of the Phoenix Suns fell off on him. It wasn't Charles's fault that they lost to the to the Bulls. But that's a whole other conversation no. for another time. But yeah, he tried to he right. tried to go to a a a, a, a dream team in, in Houston with Akeem and, and Clyde, and that didn't work because all them old pieces fell fell apart. So it is what it is, man. He tried, man. It just didn't work out. So don't don't blame him for not getting the ring because it ain't on him. We'll get you on this, man. We'll wrap these up with this. We got ten minutes left. Um, I don't know if we had time for this or not, but I think we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last dance, three and four. Yes. With a touch, mainly the rivalry with the Pistons, Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you. It, it, they didn't paint the Pistons the most positive light, but if you think about it, and this is another, this this could be another podcast in and of itself. The mm-hmm. way the Pistons should appear to be shitted on by the league and by fans outside of Detroit, because. The, pretty much the league at that time, the NBA was about Magic, Bird, and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Sisson just happened to, a, for a couple of years, just fuck things up. Yeah, exactly, literally. But first with Boston, then with Chicago. Um, but the whole handshake thing with Isaiah, it didn't look too good. If I were him, I would have done what Bill and Beer continues to do, and just own it. Yeah, we didn't want to shake their hands. Now, now I'm sorry. Now we didn't want to shake their hands. Now we thought we still think they're soft, and they got and, and yeah, they were coming up. Yeah, they were better. But fuck, that's what that's what Lambie. <laughs> I just wish 
I just wish that Isaiah, albeit in a more classier way, would do the same thing. Just own it. Because, yeah, we all saw Boston snub Detroit when Detroit finally got over that hump. We saw mm-hmm. it. Oh, Isaiah having to run down McHale and shake his hand. And McHale finally wished them good luck. We saw that. Okay. But we also saw the years before Chicago finally got over that hump that Jordan would stay behind and shake everyone in the Pistons' hand. Including yep. Isaiah Thomas. Uh-huh. We saw that. So what Isaiah Thomas says about the losers not shaking hands, that's bullshit. We all saw that's bullshit. We all know that's bullshit. And I just wish that Isaiah would at least owned it. Yeah, he can still say he regretted it, but at least say, just own it. Say, yeah, we didn't, now we didn't want to shake their hands because we didn't like them. They, they don't like us. Hell, they still don't like each other, which I think is hilarious. But still, <laughs> do it like lamb beer and just own it. Just own it. We will, everyone will respect Isaiah the same. Sure, they got that left, they got left off the dream team, allegedly, and other things, but still, just own it. Just own it. You got two rings of it. Just own it. Yeah. Now, I'm in agreement with you, but I look at it differently, right? Okay. We're of the same generation. And we right. knew what sports were like before 1991, right? Right. Players from opposing teams didn't like each other. You know, that was a time period players were almost lifers within organizations. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. Well, they stayed within an organization for eight, nine, ten years or more. So they were right. fixtures not only within the organization, but within that city. So they became right. that, that city, and they, they became a representation of that organization. If, if that team don't like another team, that player didn't like a player from that other team, regardless if they played college ball together, regardless if they came up in high school together, regardless if they came from the neighborhood, regardless if they were brothers. If you on that other squad, if it's, if it's Dallas, Washington, I don't like you. If it's Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, I don't like you. If it's Boston, it's LA, Boston. I don't like you. If it's Boston, New York, I don't like you. So, yeah, if you won, chances were I'm walking off the field or I'm walking off the court and I'm not shaking your hand. Now, to your point, yes, when the, the Pistons were beat up on the Bulls, Mike would go by and shake everybody's hand. Because you less than us, Bama. We the kings. We the champs. You bow to us. Yes, we beat you. That's what we do. Now, if you want to come by and shake our hands, it is what it is. But when you knock off the king, I'm not going to co- congratulate you for taking my crown. Nah. You take the crown, okay, cool, I'm out of here. That's what Boston did. That was the attitude that Boston had. But Boston was a blue blood within the NBA. And the way that the, the, the league was looked at then, no one said, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, nobody said a word yep. about the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. and their actions. But being that the Pistons were who they were, and the fact that they came in yep. and not only beat the Bluebirds <clears throat> and the Celtics and the Lakers, but they did so in, in such a physical manner that we hadn't seen in the, in the NBA before and since. 
Matter of fact, they've actually altered rules, so we don't play like that no more. And now that you have right. it, and and the, and, and now right. that the players are starting to become buddy buddy, and you actually start to see these guys clown around on the court and all that stuff, man, laugh at one another, blah blah blah. We are <laughs> friends. We're, not only are we friends off the court, but we're on the friends on the court too. So yeah, now it's just starting. To, this is the era where it starts to get a little bit light, right before this whole current. Uh, 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 AAU ball that we currently have where everybody want to play with their buddies. But, you know, back then, man, that was the start of it all. And, of course, it's sportsmanship to have a loser shake your hand when they walk off the court. Nah, man, we the king. You need to throw this. We ain't happy about that, man. We about to go ahead and go salt. So what? So what? And you beat us on our floor? So what? We go into the locker room, man. We're going to go ahead and shower up and go back to the crib and do what we going to do, man. But... Huh, for them to still be mad about it is still hilarious to me to this day, especially after you won the NBA title. Why are you mad? You won. Deal with it. Y'all winning. Y'all winning. Y'all been winning. Six rings to just two. Y'all winning. But anyway, I think this whole thing is fascinating. I think it's fascinating. I'm looking forward. It's been one compelling ass series. It has been. I'm looking forward to this Sunday and. Who knows? I may go back and watch episodes three and four again, but we don't have time to get into Wyman and all that stuff. But there's another hour in and of itself. We got just a couple minutes left. Oh, so. yeah. Until next time, brother. We'll talk soon. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. But I'll say this: it's a documentary coming on Showtime next month that I can't wait for. In the water. It's about basketball players from our, my area, PG County, Maryland, right over the border from me, right over the yeah. area. So they talking about yeah. all the guys, um, Kevin Durant, yeah. Quinn Cook, all yeah. the guys from the master. Oh my God, I can't wait to see that. I'm already hyped right now. I can't wait. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Oh God, I can't think of his name. He played at K State um, back way back when. Um, I can't think of his name. I mean, so many guys from out, out of the DMV. I, I, yeah, I know we're both the name is on the tip of my tongue. But at any rate, I mean, to see those guys from the DMV, Nolan Smith, too. Remember, Nolan Smith yeah. is from the DMV. Yeah. You know, we played at Duke, um, along with Quinn Cook. Um, but, yeah, but my yeah, guess is those, that they're going to focus mainly on the, the PG County guys. They may not talk about the guys yeah. in the city. They're just going to focus on the PG County guys, which is going to be just as interesting, if not a little. I hate to say this out loud, it might be a little bit more interesting, especially if they go back in time and touch on them bias mm-hmm. for a little bit and then get to the future yeah. and current guys. That'll be the best. Right. All right, man. Let's just talk about that soon, man. Take a light, brother. Stay cool. You do the same. All right, peace. That's my guy, D. Hey. Nass. Three seconds on the yard. So I part. The rest of all things, sports as well as DP Radio on Tuesday night on Facebook Live. And also check them out on heroesports.com where he writes about things, FCS, and all that good stuff. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. Stop first, start off. Fun. And three, we'll do this coronavirus if the pandemic. Stay safe. Stay home. Until next time, Oh, six.